When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In this episode of the Fine Art Photography Podcast, photographer W.S. Lively, who started the second photography school ever in the United States, and he did it in a small town in Tennessee, and it was successful. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Fine Art Photography Podcast. This story begins with a historic cabinet card photograph purchased for $3.95 from one of my local shops. I enjoy collecting historic photo prints like cabinet cards, carte de visite, and tintypes, and whenever possible, I research the photographer and learn all I can about him. And I said him because it was usually men in those days, but not always. More on that later in the podcast. Most of the time, those stacks of old photographs come from all over the place. For some reason, I seem to find a lot of them from Ohio and Pennsylvania in my local shops. In this case, I was surprised to discover a local photographer. This particular cabinet card portrait was made in the studio of W.S. Lively of McMinnville, Tennessee, which is a small town about an hour away from me. I had never heard of Mr. Lively, so curious, I decided to learn more, and of course, I began researching him online, not expecting to really find much. Little did I know. To my surprise, I discovered a man who was well-known and quite accomplished in his day, and still very much remembered and celebrated in McMinnville today, nearly 80 years after his death. Before I go any further, let me explain what a cabinet card is. In the 1860s, photo technology had advanced to the point where prints were no longer one-off originals. The invention of the negative meant that studios could make multiple reproductions cost-effectively. The carte de visite was a small portrait mounted on a card, not much bigger than a modern business card. And the idea was that a sitter could order a bunch of these and give them to a family and friends when they visited. By the 1870s, they'd grown to about four and a quarter by six and a half inches or 108 by 165 millimeters, mounted on a card, usually with the photographer's name or logo below the photograph, and a stylish imprint on the back. Often the back would include a place to label the negative number for ordering reprints. These were called cabinet cards. The portrait from the W.S. Lively studio is an albumen print with the typical warm yellow-brown tonalities. It shows a young man with a mustache, probably in his early to mid-twenties, wearing an ill-fitting suit. It doesn't look like an expensive, well-tailored city slicker suit, but maybe the suit of a country boy. And that's not meant to sound disparaging, but this guy's clearly not a big city banker. You can see his watch chain hanging from his vest button. There's no photographer's imprint on the front. On the back, we find a series of seemingly unrelated woodcut stock illustrations. There's a scissor tail in flight, a horseshoe tied with a ribbon and flowers, uh, a frog leaping into a pond, and some things that have sort of an orientalist style that I think was popular in that era. In a mixture of ornamental fonts that fits the design trends popular in the 1880s, the card says, quoting here, W.S. Lively, photographer, McMinnville, Tennessee. Then there's a space for writing the negative number, but none was written, and below that it says, The new instantaneous process employed. Duplicates can be had at any time. And that's end quote. In researching W.S. Lively, I found that in addition to being a popular photographer, active in his community, but also in his profession, 
He also founded the Southern School of Photography, only the second photography school in the entire nation, and he based it in the little town of McMinnville. The school operated from 1904 until 1928, and people came from all across the country and even internationally to study there. But there's even more to the story of this guy that I'll get to in a minute. In my research, I also discovered that there's a historical marker at the school site in McMinnville, and there's a museum with artifacts that belong to Lively and also to the Southern School of Photography. I had the idea that I should make the drive to McMinnville to see the site of the old school and to see Lively's building and visit the museum. So one crisp autumn morning, I made the drive through the rolling hills of Tennessee to see where the man himself had actually lived and worked. The school was a massive building that had formerly been a college for women built in 1855. It sat on top of a hill near downtown McMinnville, but burned in 1928. Lively and his large family lived in one wing of the building and continued to stay there even after most of the building was lost in the fire. Today, the property is owned by a neighboring church, which built a basketball court where the building once stood. A long set of cracked and crumbling cement steps leads up the hill. Those are from the era of the school, and they're about the only sign that the school ever existed. At the base of the hill, near the steps, is a Tennessee State historical marker that says, quoting again, W.S. Dad Lively. 1855 to 1944. In 1875, W.S. Dad Lively, a McMinnville native, began his photographic career. His studio was located on the second floor in the Lively building on Main Street. In 1904, on this spot, Lively opened the Southern School of Photography, which closed in 1928. It was one of the first of its kind in the U.S. His fame for the construction of a large camera producing 30 by 60 inch glass negatives led to his photographs being placed in permanent collection of the Smithsonian Institution, Washington, D.C. End quote. Oh yeah, Lively was a beloved figure whose students called him Dad or Daddy, which I honestly find a little strange, but then again, that was a different time. I found advertisements in professional photography magazines that referred to him as Daddy Lively. William Spencer Lively was born in 1855 and lived until 1944. Aside from photography, Lively also operated a furniture store, sold caskets, and provided mortuary services. All of those operated in the same three-story building circa 1915 that still stands on West Main Street in McMinnville today. I also thought it would be cool to return the portrait in my possession to the site of the Lively studio on West Main Street. I made some snapshots of the print in my hand with a Lively building in the background. Granted, my 1880s to 1890s print predates this actual location, which was built in 1915, but it still feels like I gave this old photo somewhat of a homecoming. McMinnville is a beautiful little town with tidy neighborhoods, with historic homes, and residents who clearly take pride in their community. The historic downtown is home to government buildings, shops and boutiques, antique shops, a coffee shop, a barbecue restaurant, and of course, the Southern Museum and Galleries of Photography, Culture, and History, which stands in a historic building right next door to the three-story Lively building that's circa 1915, which is where W.S. Lively operated his photographic studio on the second floor and also his two other businesses, including the mortuary business. The Lively building itself is now home to an antiques and vintage store. I had a conversation with the proprietor of the museum, Chris Keithley, who not only owns one of the most comprehensive collections of W.S. Lively artifacts, but also has written books of local history, including extensive sections about Lively, and the Southern School of Photography. He generously inspected my lively print and confirmed that it probably dated to about 1890, based on the graphics on the back, but could have also been made in the late 1880s, which is my uh, hunch. Mr. Keithley personally escorted me through his collections and told me all about W.S. Lively. 
He said one of the incredible things about the Southern School of Photography was that it was co-ed. It welcomed male and female students. This is at a time when women were not encouraged to have professional careers. In some of the school's marketing materials, they listed reasons it was a good school for young women to attend, and one of those was the fact that McMinnville had no saloons. Many women graduated from the school's program. There's a terrific Facebook page about the Southern School of Photography managed by a photographer whose grandmother, Florence Rice, attended the school in 1912. I'll include a link to that Facebook page and also to a portrait of Miss Rice made during her time at the school. According to the caption on the grandmother's portrait, the window behind her was created by etching into the negative. Early photoshopping. I'll also include some links to some photographs made by Florence Rice. That Facebook page also shows lots of lively photographs, exterior and interior pictures of the school, and many pages of the school's uh, literature and textbooks and things like that. There are also a lot of newspaper clippings and such, and it's a great resource for anyone interested in learning about Lively and the Southern School of Photography. The museum owns a lens rescued from the unburned part of the school building, along with some blackened bricks and pieces of metal plumbing from the building. It also keeps a glass display case filled with Lively's large-format box camera and several other less imposing cameras. I admired one of Lively's Actual glass plate negatives, 16 by 20 inches in size, placed side by side with a matching contact print. The print is a stunner. The lighting in the print is immaculate, and in fact, Lively was known as an expert in lighting for portraiture. He even published textbooks on the subject, and of course, he gave master classes on it at the school. 16 by 20 inches is a very large glass plate negative, but if you remember the text from the historical marker, Lively gained notoriety for making a set of three prints from glass plate negatives that were 30 inches by 60 inches, or 76.2 by 152.4 centimeters. Can you imagine sensitizing and handling a sheet of glass that large in total darkness and the size of the camera? Mr. Keithley at the museum said that it required an 8-foot camera, which was unfortunately lost in the fire, and he said it took two men to handle the glass negatives in the darkroom. The story, according to Mr. Keithley, is that Lively was invited to exhibit about 150 prints in a show organized by none other than George Eastman himself, the founder of Kodak. Lively replied that he couldn't provide that many prints, but he would instead offer three prints that he guaranteed would garner much more interest. The result were the three 60-inch contact prints, which was a size never before done. The stunt worked, gaining Mr. Lively a national reputation. The originals were requested for the collections of the Smithsonian Institution. You can see actual size digital reprints of two of the three portraits in the museum. They are remarkable. One of them shows Lively's grandson as a young boy wearing Native American garb with a feather headdress holding a bow and arrow. The other is a portrait of a white-haired gentleman named William Meadows, who was a frequent model for Lively, and who in fact spent two years growing a big bushy white beard at Lively's request. Meadows is also the model in the 16 by 20 inch photo I mentioned earlier. My belief is that my little cabinet card portrait was made pretty early in Lively's career because it's a pretty rudimentary photograph compared to some of these later immaculately staged and illuminated images. Lively and the Southern School received hundreds of mentions in popular photography publications of its day, like Wilson's Photographics, published in Philadelphia. Photo Era magazine called Lively a recognized photographic authority and said that he conducts an establishment of the highest character and worthy the utmost confidence. One thing is for certain, W.S. Lively made a big impression in McMinnville and won't be forgotten there anytime soon. That's all I got for this episode, everybody. I hope you found this somewhat obscure bit of photo history interesting. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you again real soon.